Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everybody, and live from the 72 Dolphins Carolina Panthers watch party, it's the Fourth <laughs> and Inches show with Jana and the Sherpa. Jana, that NFC East that we both love and follow um, just keeps getting crazier. I just would like to point out, I was I was sad for a while. It looked like Cowboys were really out of this. But mathematically, there are still a few ways the Cowboys could win the NFC East. <laughs> what if asteroids crash the team buses for the other three teams on Sunday? I mean, that's one of them. But if the Cowboys win out and the rest of the division loses this week, and then from that point there's a few different variables that can go down in the final two weeks. But if the Cowboys can win this week and everyone else loses, they have they have a semi-realistic chance of this this going down, which is terrifying, but also very exciting. Well, all right, let's let's take a quick <laughs> look and see how realistic that scenario might be. So the Dallas is so just, hosting just the Jets. Just look at this with me. Look at this with me. So this week, uh, you've got the Panthers and the Giants, which I mean, I I would like to see the Giants win, but I also want to see the Cowboys go to the playoffs. Realistically, the Giants winning probably would make me happier in the long run. But then you've got the Cardinals and the Eagles, and the Cowboys are playing the Jets. So And Buffalo at Washington. Yeah, and then you have Buffalo and the Redskins. So right now the Giants, Eagles, and Redskins are all underdogs. Cowboys, you know, are the Cowboys. They're a hot mess. But it's still, it could happen. Then they're from even there, more of an underdog. <laughs> right, I'm choosing to ignore that part. But then from there next week, the Redskins are at the Eagles. The Vikings are at the or well the Giants are at the Vikings and then the Cowboys are in Buffalo. So again another tough situation, but if the Redskins win, the Giants lose and the Cowboys win, we're still alive. Then you come into the final week this season and everyone's playing in division. So the Eagles would have to beat the Giants and the Cowboys would have to beat the Redskins. And at that point, with all the tiebreakers and everything that happens, the Cowboys would win the division. <laughs> I thought last week you were all in on the crazy. I think the, the idea of Dallas still making it to the playoffs. That's, Listen, I will one be the first Tony... to say the Cowboys have really no business being there. And in the long run, because I know they'll lose in the first round of the playoffs and something catastrophic will happen – like Tony Romo's arm will fully detach from his body or something, it'll probably make me happier if the Giants beat the Panthers and put an end to that crazy. But if that's not going to happen, I'm going with plan B, and that's the Cowboys going to the playoffs. Oh, goodness. <laughs> I think I every week I find a new way to, to like render you speechless. <laughs> Well, you did a pretty good job with it last week. There were a couple of games that we looked at. The, I guess it was the, um, what was it? It was Seattle. Well, in all fairness, Seattle, we did Baltimore, not know Jimmy Clausen was going to Carolina. quarterback that game. I mean, had I known Jimmy Clausen was going to be the starter for the Ravens, I would not have gone as full throttle on that pick as I did. Come on, even but, if it were Matt Schaub, there's no way you can pick the Ravens to win that game. Under center. I did. I think it I think it could have been okay. The Atlanta game did not go well. 
I will give you that. I did go nine and seven for the week, so it wasn't a total crapshoot. Which was better but, than my record, but still, those two games were like gimme putts and golf. I think. I mean, yeah. <laughs> still, All right. it if was you're, more if, exciting that if way. If you tell me, if you tell me you're picking Cleveland to beat Seattle at Seattle this week, then I'm, I'm just gonna hold my breath for as long as I can and see what happens after that. Eventually, you'll turn blue, but. I mean, don't let's not let's not put the the car before don't make the horse. That. That's <laughs> I'm just saying that realistically, there's a chance. A chance of not, of Cleveland are we winning. About I'm Cleveland not saying like Dallas it's a now. Great one. Oh, we're talking about Cleveland. I'm not saying I'm actually picking the Browns, but I'm saying I could make an argument for it. No, you can't make an argument for that. There's just well, all right. Well, I'll. <laughs> I'll, I'll hear you out when we get to that game, but if okay. if you can convince me of that, then I'll I'll walk on my hands. I don't know, maybe two feet. I'm but, intrigued. You know. <laughs> All right, all right. We'll see if you can, if you're up to the challenge or not. But uh, so well, I got a lot of recurring... injuries. I'm, I'm probably going to be the one holding my breath longer than you are on this show, realistically. <laughs> probably. So the the two before we get into the injuries, what's your take on? Carolina, and I guess this is somewhat injury-related, but Jonathan Stewart's out. Cameron Artis-Payne is going to be their guy this weekend against the Giants. Um, how good a shot do the Giants have of ending the Panthers' unbeaten streak? And if it's not the Giants, you know, how good a chance do you think Atlanta and I forget who they're playing the other week, but uh, how? what do you think their prospects are? Tampa Bay Is it Tampa? Now. Okay. Yeah. It's either Tampa or New Orleans. It's one of the two, but I don't know it's which one Tampa, it is. Tampa Bay. It's Tampa Bay. Okay. Um, so, so, so what do you think this weekend? And then if they, if I you think, think they're going to win this weekend, be, what do you think it, about? If it's going to happen, it's got to be this weekend. And I think there is – I'm picking the Giants to win this game. I think that it's not a long shot. I think that it's very, very possible. Um, just with the injuries, the way that – Carolina's style versus how the Giants are playing right now. Um, I just think that you've got Jonathan Stewart's out. You've got some questions at running back. Greg Olson's a little banged up. I mean, he got really lucky. He didn't blow his knee out this week, but he's going to be fine. But overall, this team, part of why Carolina's been able to, to go undefeated is they're the healthiest of all the teams that are, are out there right now. They've suffered – I mean, aside from Kelvin Benjamin in the preseason, they've suffered the least amount of injuries. If you look around at, at most of the teams, they're pretty healthy overall. Most of these guys were starting at the beginning of the year. To me, so, they look like the worst 13-0 and team of all time. They probably are. They have no business being 13-0, but they're, they're the healthiest, best team out there. <laughs> so yeah, I, guess. I, just, I think the injuries are starting to catch up a little bit. Um, Cam Newton, the last few weeks, Cam Newton's had to really kind of put this team on his back more so than before. They've had to win in a different way each of the last couple of weeks. And I think playing in New York with all the scrutiny, uh, Eli Manning, granted, can look a little scattered. That offense as a whole can look a little suspect. But they know how to rise to to the occasion. They know how to play in these big games. And this I think is going to be the week that they finally lose. I think Eli Manning is going to be able to pull one out here in the fourth quarter. 
But, I, I mean, I just I think if Carolina wins this game, I think they're going to run the table. I'd be shocked if, short of them resting their starters the last week of the season, I'd be shocked to see them lose another game. Wouldn't actually that's an interesting scenario that I hadn't even thought of, but I suppose it's possible. I mean, they're not going to have anything to well, play for, you know, just in terms of home field advantage if it gets to that. So right, and yeah, maybe for me, they the do whole, what the, the Colts did a few years ago when they were kind of suspect. I don't like it, but it's become kind I think of it's the good. I mean, your strat, your goal is to, to win the Super Bowl, not to have a unblemished. Yeah, regular season well, record, especially I, I totally if there's nothing I mean, on the I line. I'm not saying don't rest guys to hang on to the record because look at the Patriots. And and you look at, you know, when the Saints won, they went 13-0, and and then they lost their last three games of the season going into the playoffs, and they turned it on when they needed to. I'm just saying I, I just as a fan, as, you know, a, a football person, don't like the concept of resting my starters in the last week or two of the season because I want to keep that – kind of team unit together, yeah, you can maybe take them out for a quarter, maybe a half, but I want them in the game at least half the game. I don't want it to feel like preseason out there because so many times when we've had, you know, look at most of Peyton Manning's years with the Colts, they've been so far ahead in their division that going into the season, they're resting guys. You kind of lose that momentum. You lose that cohesive unit feeling, and all of a sudden it's like coming off a bye week, but with so much more pressure with guys who, yeah, you're a little fresher, but at the end of the season, everyone's banged up anyway. You're not really gaining all that much by not playing one day. So for me, I would just well, rather play guys. Well, the flip side of that, look what happened this past Sunday. You had several very important players, I think Dalton and Thomas Rawls, getting hurt in the first right. quarter of their games and then basically be done for. So, I mean, even if you play those guys a little bit, you know, there is still a, a non zero chance of a serious injury that could alter the well, course of that team's whole season. Too. Am I not supposed to have them practice for two weeks going into the playoffs either? No, they can practice, but, I mean, you know, I well, think you have get to get smart team. about it. And if your ultimate goal is to win the Super Bowl, then, you know, I think it makes all the sense in the world not to play guys more than a series or two in the last week of the season, if even that. Yeah, I'd have no problem if the Panthers get to 15-0. and 0, In all likelihood, you know, they would players and the players would want to go for it. But if the players said, hey, you know what, our ultimate goal is to win the Super Bowl and we don't really care about the undefeated regular season, I wouldn't fault them for that. Well, because realistically, would you rather be, you know, like the the Patriots team that went 16-0 and lost the, the Super Bowl or, you know, be the answer to a trivia question as opposed to, you know, being – 15 and 1 or 16 and 1 and and you know going and going and winning that Super Bowl and nobody remembers that one loss. You know, I at that point yeah, it's just the hey, Patriots the didn't lose the Super Bowl because you know because they played their starters in week 16 or because of anything that happened in week 16. I think actually in week 16 that week I think that season was um I think they played the Giants, if I'm not mistaken. But, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, I don't think it was because of what happened in Week 16. I think they just played probably about as bad a game as they played all season, and the Giants played about as well as they were capable of playing. And, you know, even even 
with that scenario, the Giants just barely eat that victory out you know, in the last minute of play. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so well, we'll see. And um, anyway, I, I've been uh, holding you back from your beloved injuries. So uh, why don't you take a deep breath and tell us what's going on injury-wise this week? Okay, so as we alluded to, there were some big names that went down this week. Uh, Andy Dalton was the first one to drop. He fractured his thumb, making a terrible attempt at a tackle. He's done for the regular season. Uh, They're hoping to have him back for the playoffs. He's not going to need surgery. He's walking around in a silly-looking cast. Uh, A.J. McCarron is going to be your starter for the rest of the season. That that should be okay. We'll see how that goes. But uh, Seattle is in well, AJ a little bit AJ, of a... AJ, that combination worked pretty well last weekend. It sure did. And, I mean, we did see him do some things at Alabama uh, on the national stage. So I think he's probably okay. He's better known for who he was dating in Alabama than for his football exploits. But True, true. At least he's married now, so we don't have to go through that again. Right. Uh, Thomas Rawls broke his ankle. He's done for the season. They have still Marshawn Lynch, no real timetable for his return. It's sure not going to be next week. Back. Yep, he got re-signed. Uh, so I guess, you know, they've got that going for him. They also signed <laughs> Bryce Brown He wasn't good enough for the Monday. Cowboys, and somehow the Seahawks want him back. It's weird. It's just like a they must have a direct, like, flight just going from complex to complex. It must be really easy. <laughs> Um, but they did uh, just sign Bryce Brown on Monday. He's probably going to be the starter this week. So that bodes pretty well. They want to keep Fred Jackson in his third down role. So for what that's worth, I'm not sure I agree with I him. I like but Bryce Brown. He had some nice games when he was with the Eagles. He just seemed to fumble a lot. I was, yeah, I, his butterfingers stressed me out. So I sure won't be starting him this week. But most people will be. Brian Hoyer, uh had a tough week. He's out with a concussion. He's still in the concussion protocol. TJ Yates, who was not on the team a month ago, is going to start this week. LeGarrette yeah. Blunt is done for the year with a hip injury. Uh, so the Patriots have been signing running backs like there is no tomorrow. Uh, I think they signed Steven the Jackson time, yet, or they're just talking to him? Uh, they're, they're just talking to him. But uh, okay. I think he's at the complex now when we're recording this. As of showtime, I believe they've signed three running backs so far. So they're not done yet. We'll see what happens. Andrew Luck has returned to practice. He's not completely clear. They signed the law firm? Yeah. Uh, No, not yet. But, I mean, it's still early. It's only Wednesday. So we'll see what happens. That's true. Well, he knows their offense. Might as well. Unfortunately, Jonas Gray is not available. So... Uh, but Andrew Luck's back. He's not completely cleared for 11-on-11 drills yet, so Matt Hasselback's going to start this week. Don't be alarmed by the fact that he's not practicing and still in a sling. He's actually allegedly healthy enough to start. His ribs are going to be okay. just an affectation. <laughs> I've, I've been assured he will be fine. I am choosing to believe that. Uh, either way, it's going to be a battle of backups in that game. Broncos tight end Owen Daniels has a knee injury. He didn't practice. It's probably about 50-50 for him going into this week. C.J. Anderson is not practicing again with that ankle injury. He didn't play last week even though he was active. Uh, But Gary Kubiak says he's going to be back on Sunday, so don't be alarmed by him not practicing today. We'll see what really happens. I'd keep an eye on that. 
Titans wide receiver Kendall Wright still dealing with some rib soreness. He missed last week's game. He didn't practice today. I'd be shocked to see him play on Sunday. Uh, Ravens quarterback Matt Schaub didn't do me any favors by not playing last week. He's still dealing with some chest pain. Yes, he did. (laughs) No, he did not. (laughs) It would have been even worse. Yeah. Anyway, he was limited to practice today, um, but is hopeful he's going to play this week. Otherwise, it's going to be the Jimmy Clausen and Ryan Mallett experience, which I'm sure people are clamoring to get tickets for. Jaguars tight end TJ Yeldon. Mallett will get hammered if he plays. Oh, he might. Hopefully he makes the team flight. Are they playing at home this week? Maybe he doesn't have to fly. Uh, they well, are he home, probably so wasn't living in Baltimore when they signed him, so he presumably has to fly at some point to get there. Fingers crossed, guys, that he gets to Baltimore. Um, TJ Yeldon has an Unless MCL brain. Well, I mean, maybe they want him there. Uh, In which he, case, they probably don't. <laughs> TJ Yeldon's day-to-day, he's very questionable. I would be surprised if he plays this week. He's supposedly hoping to play. Uh, start to start Denard Robinson instead. He'll be back. Uh, Yeldon will probably be back next week. Alan Hearns didn't practice as well today. He's got a thigh and an ankle injury, but he should be fine. That's how he did it last week. Didn't practice Wednesday. He was fine for Sunday. So I'm not worried about that one. Julian Edelman back on the practice field in full pads. Kind of unclear whether or not he's going to play this week. I'm leaning towards yes. That's what it seems like. But barring any setbacks, you're probably going to see him on the field. Danny Amendola has a knee injury. He was limited. He probably is going to play, but if Edelman plays, it sort of doesn't matter for your fantasy team what Ed- what Amendola does at that point. Uh, the Dolphins wide receiver Jarvis Landry is limited with a knee injury. He's going to play. Lamar Miller also limited today with his ankle injury. He's going to be fine to play. Uh, but it looks like Rashard Matthews is going to miss his third game this week with the rib injury. Uh, what I, It's still possible he'll play, but I doubt it at this point. They're really not playing for anything. Uh, Peyton Manning returned to the practice field. He's not starting this week. It looks like maybe next week, but again, that's probably going to depend on what my man, the Brock Weiler, does this week. Eagles wide receiver Jordan Matthews is dealing with a back injury. Pretty vague on what it actually was, but it looks like he's going to play this week, at least as of this moment. Bill Ted and Charles Clay didn't practice. He's also got a back injury. He looks a little more questionable. I'd keep an eye on that one. Alshon Jeffrey is limited with, at this point, I could name any part of his lower body, and it would probably be right, but we're going to call it a calf injury this week. Keep an eye on him. It's kind of <laughs> kind of a pick-your-own-adventure whether or not he's going to play from week to week. Hopefully he does, but we'll find out. Buccaneers wide receiver Vincent Jackson's already ruled out with a knee injury. They're playing Thursday night, so they had to make that decision early. Don't start him this week. Jonathan Stewart, like we said, he's not going to play this week. Uh, They haven't named a starter yet. Could be Mike Tolbert, could be Fozzie Whitaker, could be the Sherpa. We don't know yet. Keep an eye on it come Sunday, but tread lightly. I bet it's Cameron Norton's pain. (laughs) Could be, could be. Um, Kansas City running back Spencer Ware has the rib injury. He left the game last week. He did not practice today. I would keep an eye on that. Charkandrick West is climbing in value as every minute goes by. Baltimore tight end Crockett Gilmore is probably headed for IR with back and shoulder injuries, which means Max Williams is going to take over at tight end in Baltimore because I'm sure you guys were all very worried about that. 
In other tight end news, Brandon Pettigrew tore his ACL on Sunday. He's done for the year, and the Lions have given up on the tight end position, producing points for them. They're just looking for guys who are good blockers at this point. And Rams wide receiver Stedman Bailey in We Are Totally Inadequate News, uh, remember he was shot in the head twice three weeks ago? He's apparently jogging around the hospital now. So he's pretty much tougher than all of us are. <laughs> well, then he should be out there playing. Well, maybe next week. we got to get back in shape, you know, get some cardio in. Yeah. <laughs> I just okay. bet they're not going to run I've... the shotgun offense with him on the field anymore. <laughs> I've started breathing again so we can actually talk about games, which is always good. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm just curious, before we get into the specific games, what's your overall take on the two conferences, given what's gone down? I mean, especially the AFC, you know, going into last weekend, it looked like New England was falling off the the lead there, having lost a couple games in a row, and then all of a sudden Denver, you know, loses inexplicably to Oakland, and Cincinnati has the key injury to Dalton, and Eifert gets hurt too, and they lose to... Pittsburgh. So, I mean, what do you make, especially of the AFC at this point, in terms of who your uh, your AFC Super Bowl representative favorites would be? The Cardinals are looking real good right about now. They're like the only team that didn't lose someone to injury last week. Um, the Cardinals are looking really good. People forget about the Chiefs too, but the way their schedule is playing out, they could be ten and zero to finish the season, which is a scary possibility. Um, and I mean, still New be a England, wild card, though. yeah, but New England's still the ultimate next man up team. I mean, at this point, it's just, it doesn't, I, people heal quickly. It's just, they're, they're signing all these running backs and we won't know which one's going to come, but uh, one's going to, you know, run for 150 yards this week and then probably get cut the next week. Like it's such a crapshoot. As long as their offensive line is relatively healthy and Tom Brady's their quarterback, they'll be okay, yeah. I think. Probably. I just Everybody else seems to be interchangeable. Yeah, it's the ultimate this is why they play the games deal. Because <laughs> Cincinnati looked fine, and then Andy Dalton just planted his hand funny on the ground and broke his own thumb. Yeah, he probably shouldn't be tackling people, or I should say he shouldn't be trying to tackle people. Yeah, just pretend you're a kicker. Just try to get him out of bounds. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, they have to change his number from 14 to something like 2 and just, you know, tell him not to (laughs) Right, exactly, yeah. Then you're not allowed to (laughs) tackle people. Yeah, it's not safe. You have to stay away from contact. He's almost wearing yeah. red. He's almost in the non-contact jersey all the time. That's true. Mm-hmm. Especially when he's not wearing a helmet. See, there you go. Problem solved. We just fixed Andy Dalton. No, that was easy. <laughs> so you want to talk about some games? <laughs> We've gone horribly off track again. <laughs> well... That, that seems to happen more and more as the show ages and maybe yeah, not we're, like fine wine. It's our old right. age showing. <laughs> okay. So, first up, we've got a Thursday night game. The last few games, the last couple games, has not been the usual um, division matchups this weekend. We have another 
or this Thursday we have another interdivision game featuring an NFC South team visiting an NFC West team, which is really in the central time zone. But anyway, we've got Tampa Bay traveling all the way out west to St. Louis. Both these teams, Tampa Bay was still in playoff contention a couple weeks ago. St. Louis went into the season with high hopes based on a strong defense and the idea that Nick Bowles would be able to recapture some of the magic he had in Philadelphia in 2013, but of course that hasn't worked out. I, it's hard to tell, but I'll, I'll say Tampa Bay has a little bit more you know, offensive weapons, especially with James Winston, a quarterback, compared to Keenum or whatever the Rams are going to throw out there this week. But uh, anyway, I'll go with the final score of Tampa 24, St. Louis 17. I like your score. I like it reversed. I'm going to take the Rams and Todd Gurley. Uh, I just I, the Buccaneers haven't done themselves any favors the last couple of weeks. They're looking a little out of sorts. Vincent Jackson's not going to play. They're on the road on Thursday night. I just think that realistically, if they just snap direct snap to Todd Gurley, I'd feel a lot better about this. But I still think uh, on the back of Todd Gurley, they're going to win this game. Doesn't matter who's playing quarterback. All right. Is there any reason to keep talking about that game between two teams that won't be in the playoffs, or should we just move on? Let's keep rolling. <laughs> All right. We have a rare, at least it's Saturday rare nowadays, game. a Saturday night game between your beloved Cowboys yep. and and the, my former hometown team, the Jets, or one of my two former hometown teams, the Jets. Last time they played in Dallas was Thanksgiving Day 2007. That day, as I recall, Dallas blew out the Jets. I don't see that That happening this time. Sanchez's debut? Maybe? No? No, I don't think he was... I don't think he was there yet. I think that might have still been the Chad Pennington year, but not quite sure about that. that But... uh, uh, yeah, this, like I said at the top of the show, you know, I, I have to pick Dallas to win this game because my whole theory rides on them winning this game. <laughs> but how do you think it's going to go? I don't think that's happening, but I, I was a little surprised. I thought the Jets were going to stub their toe against Tennessee last week, and that certainly didn't happen, even if Marcus Mariota did catch a touchdown pass, but... Yeah, this is one of those games that the Jets are really going to be a playoff team. They have to win this game. I mean, obviously, mathematically, they'd still have a chance if they don't. But yeah, to me right now, when I look at the AFC, I still think New England, Cincinnati, and Denver throw those three names in a hat, and one of them is likely to be the AFC Super Bowl representative. But if you ask me right now, who's the fourth best team in the AFC, I'm sure most people would say Kansas City, but I'm not so sure it's not the the Jets. And hopefully, no English I, teachers I are listening to me and will kill me for a double negative. But, but yeah, I think the Jets are solid. Ryan Fitzpatrick, sure, he's not going to make a Pro Bowl, but you know, he doesn't make a ton of big mistakes either. He seems to have some chemistry with Brandon Marshall. 
Chris Ivory seems to be a little healthier again. So I, I think the Jets will take this, and I don't think it will be too close. But I'll go with the final score, Jets 27 and the, the Jerry Jerry's 17. I'm going to take the Cowboys 21-20 because I'm not kidding myself in that this is going to be a high-scoring game. That's just crazy. Plus, uh, playing at Jerry's World always presents its own special set of challenges. I would also like to point out that I think it's pretty rich that the Cowboys allegedly have a new stricter media policy when Jerry Jones can go out into the media and say whatever he wants, as crazy as it is. So, I just I would like to see Dallas stay relevant. I just I don't really think they deserve to be either. <laughs> well, I think their new media policy is that you can't talk to the owner anymore, but you have to talk to the GM instead. Yeah. Yeah, he only when he's wearing his GM hat. You can't talk to him when he's wearing his owner hat, or when he's doing his weekly radio show. Maybe he'll let you call in. I don't know. Just uh, all right. Anything more to say about <laughs> like a the game? Where we done? The Cowboys season. <laughs> a moment of silence for the Cowboys season, but yeah. Mm. Anyway, anything more to say about this game? Nope, let's talk about uh, your team. Okay, first up in the Sunday early games, as Jenna likes to call them, the morning games, Carolina at the Giants. Well, it's morning in some parts. Absolutely. I guess if if you live in the mountain or or Pacific time zones or points west of that, if you live in Guam, I suppose it's still next Tuesday. We're equal opportunity here at the 4th and Inches show. Yeah, so uh, this is more wishful thinking probably than anything else, but if the Giants are going to be a playoff team, they really have to win this game. I know it's probably going to come down to the January 3rd game against the Eagles, but if they really want to be in control of their own destiny, they have to win this game. I'm sure the odds makers don't think they will. Uh, Jonathan Stewart, okay, you know, Cam Newton's, in essence, their, you know, their lead running back anyway. So I, 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 I don't think either team's really going to be able to stop the other team all that much. The only team that can stop the Giants is uh, the Giants themselves in the form of Eli Manning if he reverts to his interception happy ways. But, uh, I'll I'll pick the Giants here. I'll admit that it's a homer pick, but I'll say Giants thirty, Carolina twenty seven. I'm going I'm going with the Giants. I'm going twenty seven twenty four. So we agree they're gonna win by a field goal. I just I think it's a perfect storm. Like we were talking about earlier, I think that it's just if it's not this week it's not gonna happen that Carolina's gonna lose. But the Giants and Eli Manning have enough experience, have played enough of these big games and I mean, they were the one that that beat the Patriots streak. Granted, it was in the Super Bowl, but still, uh, that's something. So, you know, hopefully they kind of take that and they work with it and everyone goes home happy except, you know, the Panthers and the Cowboys. But we're really never happy. Yeah, Yeah, I don't know. I I really hope the Giants win this, but it wouldn't surprise me at all if I think it's just as likely that they get blown out by 14 points or more than that they actually win this game, but uh, we we can hope. Yeah. I I will be rooting for the Giants come this week. It's going to make me feel 
dirty and weird, and I'm not going to like it. Are you going to take a shower after that? or Probably, like, several. (laughs) (laughs) Probably during the game. Just don't watch the TV in the shower. No, I'll just put on the radio or something. We'll make it work. (laughs) Okay. All right. So next up we've got a game that does have playoff implications, but only for one of the two teams, and that would be Tennessee at New England. Marcus Mariota has had an up-and-down rookie season. I just New England, sure, their, their, their injury situation is really brutal, but as you said, they just seem to have that next man up mentality, and or maybe it should be called next man down mentality. But anyway, True. whatever mentality they have, it seems to work, and I think it will work again on Sunday. I just don't see them losing this game to a – overmatched Tennessee team, I'll say somewhat of a shootout, but I'll say New England ends up winning this by 10 points. Final score, New England 34, Tennessee 24. I think it's possible that New England could win this by as many as two touchdowns. I just, I I love the Titans. Big fan. Like the core of what they're doing there. But they're a three-win team going into New England Bill Belichick and Tom Brady are a little cranky. They're trying to figure out the whole injury thing. Uh, I just I think they have a little extra motivation. People keep talking trash about them. They tend to not like that, understandably so. Tennessee has got some injuries. Now they're confused about what they're doing at running back. They're talking about giving Bishop Sankey more responsibility, and they just can't commit to one plan, one direction, and I think that's their biggest problem. And I just don't think they're going to be able to hang with New England, despite how banged up they are. There's still Tom Brady on that field. Rob Gronkowski's back. You might have Julian Edelman back. Like, it's just, it's not a fair fight anymore. I don't like picking against Tennessee, no. but sometimes i got to do it. Well, maybe the, maybe the Donald Trump's campaign will kidnap Tom Brady and put him out on the campaign trail or We've make got him a couple of wear days one of those Make America Great hats. There you go. I like that plan. Okay. So we'll try not to stray too much into the world of politics here on the Fourth and Inches show, but just had to get that dig in more at Tom Brady than at Donald Trump. But anyway, um, not a big fan of either one, but that's neither here nor there. So next up, we've got Kansas City at Baltimore. I'll give you another chance. Last week it was Seattle at Baltimore. Seattle, one of the hottest teams in the NFL. Baltimore, not one of the hottest teams in the NFL. This week we've got Kansas City, one of the hottest teams in the NFL. Baltimore still not one of the hottest teams in the NFL. I, I don't think this is a fair fight. I think Kansas City wins this by more than two touchdowns. I'll say final score, Kansas City 27, Baltimore 10. I'm going to say they keep Baltimore is going to keep it a little more respectable than you think. Uh, Buck Allen's got a better matchup this week than he did last week. Not a ton better, but it's better. Uh, it's just, I'm hoping it's not Jimmy Clausen under center because it's really going to make things a little worse. But I think that they can keep it within maybe eight points. May, they're going to lose by less than ten. But they are still going to lose the game. Kansas City still rolling. It's like the quietest win streak possibly of all time. It's just not – the Kansas City is not really an exciting team to watch, but they get it done. Yeah, I guess the Panthers are a little more exciting to watch than, than the 
There's a lot more Chiefs Kansas are, City than the Kansas City Chiefs do. I will give them that. Yeah, Kansas City is not. They're, they're not a dancing kind of really team, although they... That might make Andy well, Reid smile. We can't do that, you know. It's against the rules. No. Unless somebody walks up to him and yells, hey, Kool-Aid, but... <laughs> I don't know that would make him smile. <laughs> that might just make us smile. <laughs> and hopefully the person saying it and some of the people with an earshot, but... Now I can't get that mental image out of my head. All right, you're welcome. Yeah, so, so we had some really yeah. scintillating analysis for that game. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I, whether whether Spencer Ware plays or not, I, I don't think it much matters. Yeah, matters yeah, just, so much. They'll, they'll make Alex Smith look like you know, Tom Brady in 2007 in this game, but we'll see. Mm. I don't know what's the most touchdowns Alex Smith has ever thrown for in a game, but if he throws six or seven in this game, it wouldn't surprise me. Even though I think they're only going to score 27 points. That's just crazy. Could happen. Yeah, a lot of things. Somebody could run up and eat the person who picked Baltimore and Atlanta last week. Yeah, that was weird. God, the Falcons are bad. Oh, guess what we're talking about next. Nice transition. Yeah, that was. (laughs) <laughs> so I don't think we're going to have a disagreement. Atlanta, what did they start out the season? 6-0? and This reminds yeah. me of the Cardinals a few years ago when they started 4-0 and, and you looked yeah, at them and like you knew that that was going to be the team that the Jets would end up beating 3 nothing or 7-3 or whatever it was at the end of the mm. season. This this Atlanta team, though, it's, it's, le- it's less understandable than that was. I mean, Matt Ryan is still their quarterback or at least some guy wearing they haven't even had two. any like major injuries. You left Devontae Freeman for a game. Like, come on, well, what are you guys doing? They let Leonard Hankerson go. That that I think is, is the key to their season. But that was it. Anyway, on You're the right. other in the other corner of this heavyweight bout, we've got the Jacksonville Jaguars they led by the ever improving in the last two weeks nine zero. Yeah, well they they have Blake Bortles. Keeps improving and mm-hmm. he's throwing just, less interceptions. Throwing fewer interceptions, and I just think that you know, he may actually be the better quarterback, or at least look like the better quarterback out on the field on Sunday. And I'll say they win this by ten points, even without T.J. Yeldon. I'll say Jacksonville twenty-seven, Atlanta seventeen. I'm taking Jacksonville by two touchdowns. I'm going big. I'm not impressed with Atlanta. They're not going to get shut out. They're going to score more points. But even with, uh, even if it's Denard Robinson that plays running back most of the game, I'm not that worried about it. Denard Robinson had almost 100 yards and a touchdown last week after Yelling got hurt. So I think he's probably going to be okay. Plus, you could always just direct snap to him. At this point now, I just really want someone to get direct snap to. It did happen once last week. Let's keep it going. Uh, I just Atlanta, like they're going to have to take this team apart in the offseason and figure something out because what's happening there is not working. I don't know why, but it's not at all. I think it's Roddy White's fault. It's always Roddy White's fault. He's always a scapegoat. Oh. It is kind of hard to believe, even with Devontae Freeman's emergence this year, that that team has fallen apart the way it has. 
Maddie, Matt Ryan's not Maddie Ice anymore. He's Maddie Interception. That's a problem. That's a big problem. Maddie Ice has become Maddie INT. Yeah, it's terrible. I'm surprised it's not a right. shirt somewhere. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Next up, we've got my uh, former Super Bowl pick, the Minnesota Vikings hosting the Chicago can't Bears, your, who I picked can't last week. your former Super Bowl pick. When you go as invested and as hard as you went, you're stuck with them now. They're yours. No. They're your problem. Yes. No. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, I'm not – I'm willing to admit the error of my ways. I backed <laughs> – I backpedaled furiously from that pick last weekend already before they played Arizona. And they did put up a good fight, but the I mean, outcome they put was up a fight. predictable. <laughs> yeah. They put up a fight. I don't know how good was it was. It was more, there was some resistance on their part, but I think they do get back on the winning track this week, and that says more about Chicago than it does about Minnesota. But I'll go with Minnesota to win this game. Not quite by a touchdown, but I'll take them to get back on track. Minnesota 27, Chicago 21. I actually don't disagree with your score. I think Chicago is... Teddy Bridgewater will throw for over 300 yards again. Mm, I don't know about that. Maybe. I don't really know about that. But I think <laughs> I think Adrian Peterson has a better shot at, at being the leading yard getter. But uh, Chicago is just... They're, they're so banged up. They don't really know what they're doing. Jay Cutler doesn't look great. Uh, they they just I, – I don't have any real words to describe how annoying it is to watch the Bears right now. But if Alshon Jeffrey's not on the field, it's not going to be a good day for them. It's going to get so much worse. Minnesota's going to bounce it's more back. more annoying than watching think. a Brian Bosworth film. Ooh, ooh. That's a tough one. It's close. It's a close pick there. I'll okay. have to get back to you on that. But uh, I, I agree with you. Minnesota's going to win this. They'll bounce back, but not all the way back to the Super Bowl picture. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now we have, believe it or not, the game that is in all likelihood going to decide the AFC South. Terrifying, and isn't it? And it the is. Battle both the sitting with six and seven records and backup quarterbacks and, mm-hmm. you know, Houston's lost their, you know, their star running back for the season in Indianapolis. Uh, this this game just... Do they ever have a real running back? It's I mean, <laughs> the least watchable game, and it's even for, Ooh. in essence, a division title, which is hard to believe. But anyway, flip a coin. No Brian Hoyer. I don't think it matters. I think... Houston. It might be better so, not having Brian Hoyer. I mean, he looked well, real bad last week. I think I like him better than T.J. Yates, but still, like you know, as long as DeAndre Hopkins is healthy, that seems to be all that they really need. Indianapolis, Matt Hasselbeck has done an admirable job filling in. This, He's you know, legitimately for still in the right now. <laughs> like, that doesn't yeah, vote all I that mean, well for his effectiveness. He's basically a mummy at this point, and you know, I yeah. just haven't seen any mummies win consistently as quarterbacks. Occasionally like they'll win. I'm but interested in that type of thing. <laughs> it would be interesting, but I, I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, I think Houston will prevail. I'll go with the final score of a field goal difference. Houston 27, Indianapolis 24. 
I I mean, I kind of want to pick Indy to win this game, but I kind of can't. Like, it just, like, every time I try to do analysis for this game, I end up just, like, shrugging my shoulders because that's essentially all I, can, all I can figure out. Like, nobody's healthy. No one seems to have any real rhythm or control of their offense right now. These defenses are all right, but it's just – these are evenly matched teams in a bad way. Like they're not good evenly matched. They're I'm gonna go. Teams. I'm gonna go with T.J. Yates because he's not in a sling, uh, and I just kind of like him a little bit better. So that's I'm gonna go with Houston and take him by a field goal. All right. Well, we agree on that, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't think either of those teams is long for the playoffs if and when they make it. But probably not. Yeah, I don't think there'll be any uh, ticker tape parades in either you know, Houston or uh, Indianapolis anytime soon, or if they are, it won't maybe be because they'll, maybe they'll they just throw the team JJ Watt Super a parade Bowl. just for being JJ Watt. That's possible. That would be a fun parade, I'll bet. How hyped would people be at that parade? That dude has so much energy, just bouncing around all the time. It's ridiculous. They'd be handing out Red Bull. Oh my God! You need an IV. It's <laughs> the only way. That would be a fun parade. Sign me up. Okay, All right, well, next. We'll take, we'll take a trip. <laughs> two more cities that won't be experiencing parades anytime soon, Buffalo and Washington. Actually, the next time Washington has a parade will probably be the inauguration for the next president, whoever he or she is, in, in uh, 14, no, I guess it's almost 13 months now. Yeah, it's a little ways away. We got some time. I don't know. Rex Ryan supposed to be, you know, improving the defense. That certainly hasn't been the case the last couple of weeks. Well, they Washington, are in all fairness. They have a lot sorry, of guys. What was that? They're very. They're a very injured team, especially on defense. They have a lot of guys on their injury report every week. They do, but still. Washington's offense isn't exactly setting the world on fire, and Deshaun Jackson is banged up. And yeah. you know, Kirk Cousins surprised me last week. He played a good game on the road. If he continues, he did. To do that, I thought he kind of shot his wad. You know, earlier on, it was kind of like Kirk Cousins was done. We'd seen the best, but I mean, he was good last week. I'll give him that. Well, I think when we looked at the start of last week's show at the NFC East team remaining schedules over the four games. I think I picked the Giants to go two and two in their last four games and the Eagles, Cowboys and Redskins to all go one and three. So according to my logic, the Giants I mean the uh Redskins and the Eagles are done for the season then. They've won their one game and they're they're done. But uh I'm sure realistically <laughs> Again, I I know Carlos Williams called Tyrod Taylor the greatest of all time today, which strong uh, words, strong words. Yeah, that's, he's entitled to his opinion, no matter how wrong he is. But uh, well, didn't that, Bolden I don't, called I don't, Gaffer I don't, a revelation last week? I mean, which do you think is farther fetched? Uh, I think calling Tyrod Taylor <laughs> the greatest of all time is further fetched right. than calling Blaine Gabbard. I mean, Blaine Gabbard. He's, I mean, he's a revelation of something. We just don't know what. He's, he's a whole book of revelations. But, um, 
But this game, I, I don't know about Tyrod Taylor being the greatest of all time, but I think he is the greatest of the two quarterbacks, or I should say the greater, I guess, since there's only two of them, but the greater of the two you know, overhyped quarterbacks that are playing on in this particular game. But I'll go with a field goal difference and a final score of Buffalo 24, Washington 21. I actually have the same score. Um, I I need Washington to lose this game as a Cowboys fan. I'm also just kind of tired of watching them win games, but, you know, that's just me. Uh, Buffalo, I I think they can get it together. Carlos Williams is getting a little healthier. Now they're past all the pomp and circumstance of going to Philadelphia and the whole LaShawn McCoy deal and this and that. And They can shake anybody's hands they want this week. They're on the road again. That's fine. It's barely a road trip. They're going to D.C. Uh, I just I think they have a little bit more – like you said, Deshaun Jackson's a little banged up. I think that'll hurt Washington more than maybe they expect, and Buffalo will be able to steal one here. All right, now we go to the late games, and this week, lo and behold, there are actually five, count them, one, two, three, four, five I was very excited when I looked at this week's schedule. Yeah, like, this is how it me. should be. There's more balance and... Yeah. I mean, the games, I don't think any of these games are going to be particularly close, especially the one we're about to talk about next. Yeah. yeah. We'll see. I Actually, Green Bay will be A little bit on that one, close, but, but we'll, we'll get there. <laughs> All right, we'll see. So this game, Cleveland at Seattle. Congratulations, Cleveland. I picked maybe one game a year where I think one team's going to shut out the other team and duck, duck, boost, you're in it. So, Holy moly, you going are going with, all in on Seattle. Oh, my gosh. I, I am. I, I mean, I don't like to do that. I don't particularly like the team. And as you pointed out before, they're down to their fifth string running back at this point. But Bryce Brown's awful. Just, <laughs> he's not good. Uh, I don't know. I, I disagree I know. with that. I think he's fumble prone. But if you could find a way crazy glue the ball to his hands, you know, he's going to put think the ball on the ground at least twice him. a game, at least two times, and then he's going to get benched. All right, I, I don't quite <laughs> see things that way, but I, I think this will be a blowout from soup <sighs> to nuts. I'll, I'll go with the final score. It's Seattle 34, Cleveland zilch. Wow, bold move. I think Cleveland's only losing by a touchdown. I'm going to say this. I don't think it's going to be super high scoring. Uh, yes, they're in Seattle. I get that. The whole 12th man, whatever. I, it just It is what it is. I still think Johnny Manziel is going to make some really ugly passes that are going to turn into Gary Barnage and Travis Benjamin touchdowns, and it's going to be all right. I think they'll – the spread's only like eight and a half points in this game. They'll be at least able to cover the spread. I don't think that I can really make a case no. for them winning short of Russell Wilson, like his head exploding on the field or something. But – I think that this is going to be a closer game. It's going to be a one-score game. Speechless. <laughs> it's only like the fourth time this in an hour. <laughs> uh, just milking the clock here. All right, next game. <laughs> We've got We've got a couple more games should... left. We should probably still make picks. <laughs> yeah, I'm just... I have poor, my clock skills are worse than Rex Ryan's, but 
Uh, anyway, that's tough. I don't know. <laughs> Next game up, we've got uh, Green Bay at Oakland. Who knows yeah. what to make of Oakland? They started off the season looking pretty good, and then they hit this dry patch, and you thought that they were done for the season, and then they show signs of life last week. Yeah, then they go and they beat the Broncos. Show... Who knows? Yeah, I, I think they'll show more signs of life this week, but not enough. I think Green Bay... Not, I can't get too excited about the NFC North, but... I think they do have more to play for, and I think they win this game. I'll go with a final score. Green Bay 27, Oakland 24. I think this is going to be one of the higher scoring games. I'm taking Green Bay 34, Oakland 31. Uh, I think Green Bay's defense obviously loves to give up yards and points, so I don't think Oakland, as long as you actually Amari Cooper actually catches any of the passes thrown at him this week, I think they have a much better shot of putting up more more points than they did last week, but maybe they took like a mid-season break. They took they took it like a siesta in the middle of the season. I don't know what happened to Oakland. They just got tired because none of these guys have ever played a full season before. I'm Their not sure. Their printer was broken, and they didn't want to print off playoffs. Okay. <laughs> they just they literally mailed it in. They were not interested. But now they look okay. I still think Green Bay is going to win. They are the better team, the yeah. better offense. Um, I. I don't think James Jones necessarily needs to wear a hoodie to win this game, but if he does, you know, more power to him. Uh, I just hope Aaron Rodgers doesn't actually, like, physically assault one of his wide receivers on the field. Because I feel like that still is a possibility. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see which one he would assault, but uh, hopefully he doesn't do that to any of them. Yeah, they're all pretty big. Next up we've got the... Battle of the backups, or I guess technically uh, Blaine Gabbard isn't a backup anymore. AJ McCarron and versus the revelation, Blaine Gabbard. Get it right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I just. I, I can't pick Blaine Gabbard in this game. I just <laughs> think that, uh, that Cincinnati's defense is going to step up and get her done here. I think that this whole be a relatively close game, a lot closer than if Andy Dalton were playing. But I'll go with a final score of a touchdown difference. I'll say Cincinnati 24, San Francisco 17. I've got I've got Cincinnati winning by 10, so 27-17 is what I had. I think that San Francisco is just not that good. I think McCarron's going to be serviceable, but we'll get a lot of Jeremy Hill. The run game will be pretty strong here. Uh, it's going to be like playing Where's Waldo to find the Ginger Ninja on the sideline between all the the orange and red uniforms out there. It's going to be tough to find them, so that might be a fun game if things get out of hand. Uh, I'm interested to see what McCarron's going to do with a a full week of prep, a full game to play. Let's see what he's really like as an NFL quarterback. Hopefully he'll be better than uh, Greg McMurray was. uh, Maybe he'll be a revelation. predecessor. You can only hope. Okay. Next up, we have a very intriguing game. It's Last mm-hmm. week was uh, LaShawn McCoy's revenge game. This week, it's uh, Emmanuel Sanders' revenge game as Denver goes on the road to that other Pennsylvania team, the Steelers. I don't know. Denver's ben defense is still... not a guy I'd want to piss off. He's only like 260 pounds. He's huge. He is. 
But I, I think Denver's defense is good enough to contain him. But, you know, the question is how much time are they going to spend on the field? Is Brock Osweiler going to be able to muster up any offense mm-hmm. you know, for the Broncos? I, I think he will, but I still think they'd rather have Peyton there. And I think that Ben Roethlisberger will have that extra motivation not that he needs it, but I, I think it works in his favor. I'll go with the final score here at Pittsburgh 31, Denver 21. Ooh, I don't know if I see that high scoring. I'm I'm also taking the Steelers. I might have picked Denver until Emmanuel Sanders went and ran his mouth, but now you've you've upset Big Ben, and that's just not going to fly. I, I just I think that they probably end up winning 24-20. I think it's fairly low scoring. If I'm the Broncos' defense, I've got to be a little cranky with Brock Osweiler. If you only give up, realistically, the defense only gave up seven points last week, you should be able to give up one touchdown and your offense be able to still win you the game. I mean, come on. They were very ineffective. And, yes, the the Steelers maybe aren't the defense that they were a few years ago, but they're still going to be able to contain the Brock Weiler at least somewhat slow him down. And I think the defense is – I think that the Steelers will step up and they're going to, you know, make the plays enough to win this game. I just don't see it being a super high-scoring game, though. All right. We'll see what happens there. All right. Next home stretch. Game. Home stretch. We've got three games to go. Miami at San Diego. Both Ugh. these teams are having disappointing seasons. Struggling. Struggling is is pretty kindly, but I'll go with Miami to bounce back from that tough uh, Monday night loss, and I think that they'll bounce back here, and I'll say final score is Miami 30, San Diego 17. I've got Miami 31, San Diego 21. I think we're pretty well in agreement Miami is going to kind of have their way with San Diego. It's just the Chargers are playing with like a C team right now. It's almost not fair. Miami's still banged up, yes, but they'll be able to get back on track here. Even though they're flying to the West Coast, you know, that's always such a big deal. They'll be okay. It's past their bedtime. But we mentioned we were talking about Buffalo wide receivers last weekend and they lost a couple more or maybe, excuse me, um, San Diego wide receivers. They've Mm -hmm. got a couple more that are banged up with Dontrell Hillman in and and, then Stevie Johnson banged up again. Mm -hmm. You know, there's just how much can one team take? You know, you talk about Seattle running backs and all, but San Diego wide receivers, that seems to be the, you know, the one assignment that should have wound up on America's dirtiest jobs. Yeah. All right. So Sunday night, Arizona, Philadelphia, who you got? Oh, did I give you my score for Miami, San Diego? I'll say Miami 30, San Diego 17. Yep, we're good there. All right, Sunday night, Arizona at Philly. I'll say Arizona 27, Philly 24. Ooh, picking a close one. I've got 27-20. I just, Philadelphia's still got a lot of holes. A lot of holes in in that defense, and... Their offense, I'm still not totally sold on yet. Arizona, just I just think overall a more complete team. I think it'll show. All right, can't argue too much with you on that one. So yeah, that I think there us. might be some emotional letdown after the whole Lashawn McCoy shenanigan last week. I don't know. Well, 
as a Giants fan, I hope there is. But we'll <laughs> see. So the Monday night game, of course, we've got a game here which has no playoff game, playoff implications whatsoever and means it'll probably be one of the less least could watched games. It could be the highest scoring game of the week, though, too. It could. It I actually can. think it will be fairly high scoring, but... I'll say that the battle of the, the bad dome teams, that uh, the bad Saints beat the bad Lions by a score of 30 bad to 24 bad. 30 bad to 24 bad. I've got 37 to 30. I think New Orleans is going to come out, uh, look better, I just I mean better than Detroit, which isn't saying a lot, but I think overall they're going to bounce back. Now that really nothing's on the line, I'm sure they're going to look better. Doesn't make any sense. Detroit's not even playing with tight ends anymore. It's it's not the best strategy, but at least it'll be high scoring, so it's a little more interesting to watch, I guess. Because really, they had they are playing for nothing. Yeah, if they're playing for nothing, you hope at least it's an entertaining game, and this certainly has the potential with Matthew Stafford and Drew Brees being a shootout and the defenses being, you know, pretty poor. But yeah. I I don't think it'll be quite as high scoring as you do, but we'll see. Yeah, well, we're going to find out one way or another. Uh, but that does bring us to the end of the show here. So we'll see who's right about this Cleveland Seattle game. I think that was probably our biggest our biggest beef this week. <laughs> we'll see how that one goes. But but we will be back next Wednesday night from 9.30 to 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time, as we are every week, and we are all over social media all week long at the 4th and Inches Show Twitter account, the number 4THN Inches Show. Uh, our email address is the same handle at gmail.com. You can find us at JKIM16 and Fantasy underscore Sherpa on Twitter as well, at the Fantasy Football Sherpa fan page on Facebook and FantasyFootballSherpa.com. Uh, and, of course, if you've got any line of questions, you need advice, we're here, help you through the playoffs. Otherwise, good luck in your teams this week, unless you're playing me. 